Today is June 15th. This is Verses in Flow. I'm Jennifer. Thank you so much for joining me today as we take another step forward in this journey as we explore God's Word and discover His will for our lives. I am so glad you're here, and I hope that you are enjoying this journey as much as I am. There is nothing like spending time with God every day and just letting His Word mold us and make us and transform us from the inside out. Do y'all feel challenged? Do you feel like you're changing? Do you feel encouraged, motivated, inspired? I know I do. And as we read through today's passages, it's going to be no different. Today, we're going to see how God deals with the sins of Jeroboam. Now, remember, this is Solomon's former servant that God gave Solomon's kingdom to. And he is not to be confused with Rehoboam, who is actually Solomon's son. Remember, he's the one who did not listen to his dad's advisors when they told him not to treat the people more harshly. He instead listened to his friends, and we saw where that got him. Now, we're also going to see in the New Testament how God shows Peter a vision of a new covenant that includes the Gentiles, that's us, and how God blesses those who live in unity and harmony. In Proverbs, we're going to see how God hates lying lips and foolish speech. That is also something that I hate. Let's get into it. Let's flow, feast, and be fed. First Kings chapter 14, verse 1 through chapter 15, verse 24, Christian Standard Bible. Disaster on the house of Jeroboam. At that time, Abijah, son of Jeroboam, became sick. Jeroboam said to his wife, Go disguise yourself so they won't know that you're Jeroboam's wife, and go to Shiloh. The prophet Ahijah is there. It was he who told about me becoming king over this people. Take with you ten loaves of bread, some cakes, and a jar of honey, and go to him. He will tell you what will happen to the boy. Jeroboam's wife did that. She went to Shiloh and arrived at Ahijah's house. Ahijah could not see he was blind due to his age. But the Lord had said to Ahijah, Jeroboam's wife is coming soon to ask you about her son, for he is sick. You are to say such and such to her. When she arrives, she will be disguised. When Ahijah heard the sound of her feet entering the door, he said, Come in, wife of Jeroboam. Why are you disguised? I have bad news for you. Go tell Jeroboam this is what the Lord God of Israel says. I raised you up from among the people, appointed you ruler over my people Israel, tore the kingdom away from the house of David, and gave it to you. But you were not like my servant David, who kept my commands and followed me with all his heart, doing only what is right in my sight. You behaved more wickedly than all who were before you. In order to anger me, you have proceeded to make for yourself other gods and cast images, but you have flung me behind your back. Because of all this, I am about to bring disaster on the house of Jeroboam. I will wipe out all of Jeroboam's males, both slave and free, in Israel. I will sweep away the house of Jeroboam as one sweeps away dung until it is all gone. Anyone who belongs to Jeroboam and dies in the city, the dogs will eat. And anyone who dies in the field, the birds will eat. For the Lord has spoken. As for you, get up and go to your house. When your feet enter the city, the boy will die. All Israel will mourn for him and bury him. 
He alone out of Jeroboam's house will be given a proper burial because out of the house of Jeroboam, something favorable to the Lord God of Israel was found in him. The Lord will raise up for himself a king over Israel who will wipe out the house of Jeroboam. This is the day, yes, even today. For the Lord will strike Israel so that they will shake as a reed shakes in water. He will uproot Israel from this good soil that he gave to their ancestors. He will scatter them beyond the Euphrates because they made their Asherah poles, angering the Lord. He will give up Israel because of Jeroboam's sins that he committed and caused Israel to commit. Then Jeroboam's wife got up and left and went to Tirzah. As she was crossing the threshold of the house, the boy died. He was buried, and all Israel mourned for him, according to the word of the Lord he had spoken through his servant the prophet Ahijah. As for the rest of the events of Jeroboam's reign, how he waged war and how he reigned, note that they are written in the historical record of Israel's kings. The length of Jeroboam's reign was 22 years. He rested with his ancestors, and his son Nadab became king in his place. Judah's King Rehoboam Now Rehoboam, Solomon's son, reigned in Judah. Rehoboam was 41 years old when he became king. He reigned 17 years in Jerusalem, the city where the Lord had chosen from all the tribes of Israel to put his name. Rehoboam's mother's name was Nama the Ammonite. Judah did what was evil in the Lord's sight. They provoked him to jealous anger more than all that their ancestors had done with the sins they committed. They also built for themselves high places, sacred pillars, and Asherah poles on every high hill and under every green tree. There were even male cult prostitutes in the land. They imitated all the detestable practices of the nations the Lord had dispossessed before the Israelites. In the fifth year of King Rehoboam, King Shishak of Egypt went to war against Jerusalem. He seized the treasuries of the Lord's temple and the treasuries of the royal palace. He took everything. He took all the gold shields that Solomon had made. King Rehoboam made bronze shields to replace them and committed them into the care of the captains of the guards who protected the entrance to the king's palace. Whenever the king entered the Lord's temple, the guards would carry the shields, then they would take them back to the armory. The rest of the events of Rehoboam's reign, along with all his accomplishments, are written about in the historical record of Judah's kings. There was war between Rehoboam and Jeroboam throughout their reigns. Rehoboam rested with his ancestors and was buried with his ancestors in the city of David. His mother's name was Nama the Ammonite. His son Abijam became king in his place. Judah's King Abijam in the 18th year of Israel's king Jeroboam son of Nebat, Abijam became king over Judah, and he reigned three years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Maacah, daughter of Abishalom. Abijam walked in all the sins his father before him had committed, and he was not wholeheartedly devoted to the Lord his God as his ancestor David had been. But for the sake of David, the Lord his God gave him a lamp in Jerusalem by raising up his son after him and by preserving Jerusalem. For David did what was right in the Lord's sight, and he did not turn aside from anything he had commanded him all the days of his life, except in the matter of Uriah the Hittite. 
There had been war between Rehoboam and Jeroboam all the days of Rehoboam's life. The rest of the events of Abijam's reign, along with all his accomplishments, are written in the historical record of Judah's kings. There was also war between Abijam and Jeroboam. Abijam rested with his ancestors and was buried in the city of David. His son Asa became king in his place. Judah's King Asa In the twentieth year of Israel's king Jeroboam, Asa became king of Judah, and he reigned 41 years in Jerusalem. His grandmother's name was Maacah, daughter of Abishalom. Asa did what was right in the Lord's sight, as his ancestor David had done. He banished the male cult prostitutes from the land and removed all of the idols that his ancestors had made. He also removed his grandmother Maacah from being queen mother because she had made an obscene image of Asherah. Asa chopped down her obscene image and burned it in the Kidron Valley. The high places were not taken away, but Asa was wholeheartedly devoted to the Lord his entire life. He brought his father's consecrated gifts and his own consecrated gifts into the Lord's temple, silver, gold, and utensils. There was war between Asa and King Baasha of Israel throughout their reigns. Israel's King Baasha went to war against Judah. He built Ramah in order to keep anyone from leaving or coming to King Asa of Judah. So Asa withdrew all the silver and gold that remained in the treasuries of the Lord's temple and the treasuries of the royal palace and gave it to his servants. Then King Asa sent them to Benadad, son of Tabramon, son of Hezion, king of Aram, who lived in Damascus, saying, There is a treaty between me and you, between my father and your father. Look, I have sent you a gift of silver and gold. Go and break your treaty with King Baasha of Israel so that he will withdraw from me. Ben-Hadad listened to King Asa and sent the commanders of his armies against the cities of Israel. He attacked Aijan, Dan, Abel, Beth, Maacah, all Chinnereth, and the whole land of Naphtali. When Baasha heard about it, he quit building Ramah and stayed in Tirzah. Then King Asa gave a command to everyone, without exception in Judah, and they carried away the stones of Ramah and the timbers Baasha had built it with. Then King Asa built Geba of Benjamin and Mizpah with them. The rest of all the events of Asa's reign, along with all his might, all his accomplishments, and the cities he built, are written in the historical record of Judah's kings. But in his old age, he developed a disease in his feet. Then Asa rested with his ancestors and was buried in the city of his ancestor David. His son Jehoshaphat became king in his place. Acts chapter 10 verses 1 through 23 Cornelius's Vision There was a man in Caesarea named Cornelius, a centurion of what was called the Italian Regiment. He was a devout man and feared God along with his whole household. He did many charitable deeds for the Jewish people and always prayed to God. About three in the afternoon, he distinctly saw in a vision an angel of God who came in and said to him, Cornelius? Staring at him in awe, he said, what is it, Lord? The angel told him, Your prayers and your acts of charity have ascended as a memorial offering before God. Now send men to Joppa and call for Simon, who is also named Peter. He is lodging with Simon, a tanner, whose house is by the sea. 
When the angel who spoke to him had gone, he called two of his household servants and a devout soldier who was one of those who attended him. After explaining everything to them, he sent them to Joppa. Peter's Vision The next day, as they were traveling and nearing the city, Peter went up to pray on the roof about noon. He became hungry and wanted to eat, but while they were preparing something, he fell into a trance. He saw heaven opened and an object that resembled a large sheet coming down, being lowered by its four corners to the earth. In it were all the four-footed animals and reptiles of the earth and the birds of the sky. A voice said to him, Get up, Peter, kill and eat. No, Lord, Peter said, for I have never eaten anything impure and ritually unclean. Again, a second time, the voice said to him, What God has made clean, do not call impure. This happened three times, and suddenly the object was taken up into heaven. Peter visits Cornelius. While Peter was deeply perplexed about what the vision he had seen might mean, right away the men who had been sent by Cornelius, having asked directions to Simon's house, stood at the gate. They called out, asking if Simon, who was also named Peter, was lodging there. While Peter was thinking about the vision, the Spirit told him, Three men are here looking for you. Get up, go downstairs, and go with them with no doubts at all, because I have sent them. Then Peter went down to the men and said, Here I am, the one you're looking for. What is the reason you're here? They said, Cornelius, a centurion, an upright and God-fearing man, who has a good reputation with the whole Jewish nation, was divinely directed by a holy angel to call you to his house and to hear a message from you. Peter then invited them in and gave them lodging. The next day, he got up and set out with them, and some of the brothers from Joppa went with him. Psalm 133, Living in Harmony, A Song of Ascent of David. How delightfully good when brothers live together in harmony, it is like fine oil on the head, running down on the beard, running down Aaron's beard onto his robes. It is like the dew of Hermon falling on the mountains of Zion, for there the Lord has appointed the blessing, life forevermore. Proverbs chapter 17 verses 7 and 8 Eloquent words are not appropriate on a fool's lips. How much worse are lies for a ruler? A bribe seems like a magic stone to its owner. Wherever he turns, he succeeds. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we come to you today with humble hearts and grateful spirits. Lord, we acknowledge that we need you now. We need you in every moment of every day. Lord, we need your direction. We need your counsel. We need your guidance. We need your leadership. Lord, we need your wisdom. And we believe that you, the mighty counselor, are in us. Guide us today in your will. Lord, we thank you that even though we have our own ideas of what our lives should look like, often setting out according to our plans, we thank you that ultimately your purpose prevails. Lord, we ask that you would 
prompt us when we set out to make plans that we make them according to your will and not our own. We ask that you would remind us to come alongside you as we surrender every detail to fulfill your greater purpose. Lord, please align our hearts with yours, our ideas with yours, and our will with yours. For your ways are higher than ours and your plans are greater than ours and nothing is impossible with you. Lord, lead us every step of the way. We confess that we often stray from your path and we often seek out our own desires. Lord, forgive us. Forgive us and give us your grace. Lord, we ask that you would restore us and renew us by your spirit. Lord, we ask that you would fill us with your love and your peace. Lord, we praise you for being our God and our Father, our advocate, our rescuer, and our redeemer, our restorer. Lord, we thank you for being our Savior and our Lord. Lord, we praise you for being our helper and our friend. Lord, we praise you for being faithful and true. Lord, we thank you for being a God that we can call on when we need you. Lord, we thank you for being a God that is ever attentive and that is present. Lord, we thank you that you hold us and that you keep us together. Lord, we thank you, we praise you, we honor you, we glorify your name. Lord, we exalt you and lift you up. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. And our affirmation for today, I am chosen, cherished, and called by God for a specific purpose, and I trust that he will equip me for every good work. I am chosen, cherished, and called by God for a specific purpose, and I trust that he will equip me for every good work. And our aphorism, men who borrow their opinions can never repay their debts. That is all I have for you today. Thank you so much for being on this amazing odyssey with me. May the infinite love of the Father embrace you, the enduring strength of the Son sustain you, and the boundless wisdom of the Spirit enlighten you. You belong here, and we belong together on this journey. I love you, and if God says the same, I'll be right here tomorrow waiting for you.